Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hey, Peyton. Hey, Edwin. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. Kicking off a new week. If we can get all our equipment to work properly, it'll be fantastic. Yeah, well. <laughs> so, super excited about that. We're halfway, or we're going to be halfway through James sometime this week. We're in chapter three, mm-hmm. in the middle of of this excellent little letter that uh, the half-brother of Jesus wrote to the 12 tribes of the dispersion, seemingly Jewish Christians. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to give some warnings today. Yes, we're going to talk about warnings. And in fact, there's a lot of warnings I think we're going to find here in James over this chapter and the chapters to come that we need to keep in mind. But let's just go ahead and deal with one of them. Would you read, please, James chapter 3, verses 1 and 2? Yeah, I'd love to read that. And I'm reading James chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 from the ESV translation. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. We all stumble in many ways. Mm -hmm. I like to think of myself as nigh perfect. James says, not so. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm pretty perfect. So yeah, you're I'm sorry close. I struggle. You're with that. close. We've 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 seen you here this summer. You're you're pretty close. No, he says, look, <laughs> we all stumble in yeah. many ways, uh, and he's talking to Christians. He's talking about himself. He's talking about apostles. He's talking about all of those who are following the Lord Jesus. He says we all stumble in many ways, but this provides something extra for teachers to grasp and understand. What are you seeing in that? Yeah, well, he says that first. We all stumble in many ways. More than that, we all stumble in what we speak. Mm. If anyone does not stumble in what he speaks, well, he's a perfect man. Mm-hmm. So he's more specifically driving towards this point of speaking. And I think that's what promotes him, what he says in the first four verse, we you teach will be judged with greater strictness. Mm-hmm. This is why not many of you should be teachers. Okay, He's expanding upon this warning. This warning is important for us all to consider our tongue, to consider what we say, but specifically for teachers. They're going to be promoting... Um, what they speak, um, they're going to be spreading the word of God. What they say really, really matters. So I think that's what James is driving at here. Not many teachers. That seems odd. It seems every place else in Scripture, especially in the New Testament, the encouragement is that we are supposed to teach. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to teach in our families. We're supposed to teach in our congregations. We're supposed to be looking for opportunities to teach uh, folks who are in the community, our neighbors, our friends. Yet here James kicks off this chapter, what, what's a chapter break for us, not many of you should be teachers. Why Why the warning here that seems to be so different from everything else we read in the New Testament about teaching? Because we forget the warning. You know, I, if I go into teaching thinking it's just going to be great and dandy, and I can spread some nice doctrine, and I can um, get some attention for what I'm saying, okay. But he's saying, hey, think about the warning. Think about what you say. If we're teaching... Maybe, yes, you're receiving greater attention, but you're receiving greater judgment. Mm. It's going to receive a stricter judgment. You know, I think I forget this pretty easily. You know, I go into teaching thinking I can, oh, if I say something that I'm not really thinking about, or if I have a certain attitude going into teaching, uh, I don't have to worry about it too much. You know, it's important to be teaching. I'll grow. That's that's true. But we need to be really careful with what we're saying, what it's proceeding from. I think that's what James is driving at here. I really appreciate you bringing up this business of if I get into teaching because I think about the greater attention mm-hmm. that I'm going to receive for it, or the greater respect, the greater honor, mm-hmm. because I get to be called 
Edwin Crozier, teacher of God's will, uh, you know, some type of title as teacher that lifts me up and acts as if somehow I am in a greater role than others in the congregation, in the body of Jesus. If I should receive greater honor for being that kind of teacher, mm-hmm. I, if I get into it thinking what I'm going to receive is greater attention, respect, and honor, James is reminding me, actually, you're going to receive stricter, greater judgment. There's more responsibility. There's more accountability. One of the things that's helped me with that is getting rid of this notion that James mirrors Proverbs. There's no doubt that James is a kind of wisdom literature, that there's, when it comes to themes and topics that he talks about, he's pulling from the prophet's the wisdom literature, but James does not mirror Proverbs in the sense of these little snippets and statements that have nothing to do with each other, that each paragraph is now talking about some new topic. It actually goes together, and when I recognize that and I read this entire chapter and see where he is driving to, I I understand why he starts with this, not many of you should be teachers. Here's what I mean by that. I can see it in your eyes. You're wondering what on earth I'm talking about. When we get to the end of the chapter, the, the paragraph at the end of James 3, who is wise and understanding among you? It occurs to me that in this context, as he's been talking about teachers, why would he ask a question like that? Is it because he's just going off on a new topic? Okay, I've been talking about teaching and the tongue, and well, now we're going to talk about wisdom. Or is that a natural question to ask when you've just said, not many of you should be teachers, and then you ask the question, who then is wise and understanding among you? Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see if I can get you to read my mind here. I'm just going to ask you. So the first statement is, not many of you should be teachers. We'll talk about that for a minute. Now I'm going to ask the question, who then is wise and understanding among you? What would be the connection between those two things, do you think? It's those teachers who should be the ones that are wise and understanding. Yeah, I'm now asking the question, well, who is it that should be teachers exactly. among you then? Mm-hmm. If, if there should not be many teachers, but then I'm going to ask, well, then who then is wise and understanding? It's because the wise and understanding ones ought to be the teachers. Now, who is that? His contrast is then going to be, and we'll talk more about this later in the week, is going to be between earthly, unspiritual, demonic wisdom and the wisdom that comes from God. Those who have this earthly wisdom are marked by jealousy and selfish ambition. Mm -hmm. Folks who are pursuing teaching out of selfish ambition, out of self-promotion, out of looking for honor and being revered and being held up, they're not becoming teachers in good godly ways with good godly motivation. I, I remember... When Paul talked about those fellows who were teaching from ambition in his letter to the Philippians. Now, he was able to say at that time, I'm happy that Jesus is being preached, but he wasn't happy with their motivation, and they shouldn't have been teaching from that motivation. Mm -hmm. Here, as James is saying, not many of you should be teachers because you're getting the uh, greater judgment, he's pushing back against folks who are seeking the role of teacher because of self-promotion politics within the church, self-aggrandizement, receiving praise. And what he's reminding is actually what you're going to get is stricter judgment. Mm -hmm. Now, how does that, here here you are, Peyton, with us this summer in an internship, thinking about being (laughs) someone who's going to take on a role of teaching and preaching. Where does that leave you today as you're hearing that? It reminds me to take it seriously, quite frankly. I mean, I'm not just going to jump into this full throttle and think, you know, I don't have to worry about this. You know, I'll be I'll be just fine if I just say what comes to mind, say what say what I feel, 
and I don't really have to worry too much about my attitude. You know, James is really emphasizing attitude here, and you know it's kind of interesting. Um, and I think you would acknowledge this as well as well. But some of the things that James call out, I'm surprised he doesn't mention false teaching. I mean, he does talk about this pure and gentle wisdom that seems to maybe have that included within that sort of idea. But the things he seems to be calling out in chapter 4, he talks about quarreling. Here he talks about blessing and cursing. Um, He's talking about this self-promoting sort of idea. All these things seem to come to attitude. You know, so what sort of attitude, what sort of character do I have? And so some of these people, I might be thinking, if I say the right things, I'm good. Mm. As yes. long as I say Bible things with Bible words, well, then I'm a, te- I'm a good teacher. James says, no, that's, that's not how it works. Your attitude matters. If I'm approaching this from a sort of self-promotion sort of idea, I want myself to be seen. What, whatever I might think, I'm still going to promote disorder and every vile practice. If, if I can approach it in the right way, that it might, it's not only my words that rub off on people. It's my attitude. I noticed and was surprised by the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. When if I just read this passage about stricter judgment all by itself outside of its James context, mm-hmm. I would make applications about teaching error, mm-hmm. about making sure that you teach the true sound doctrine. Do not misunderstand me, Peyton. There are plenty of passages in the New Testament that talk about making sure you teach the truth. For sure. We need to teach sound doctrine. We need to be trained in sound doctrine so Mm -hmm. that we can rebuke those who contradict it, and we can be sound in the faith and in uh, in love and purity. I've heard some of that this summer as well. (laughs) Yes. We we, we must do that. But Mm -hmm. James, as he's talking about bridling the tongue, and this is tied together with that, he had told us back in chapter one that if we don't bridle our tongues, we're deceiving our hearts and our religion is worthless. Now he's Mm -hmm. talking to teachers about bridling their tongues, bridling our tongues. But the kinds of things that he talks about in this letter are those, how do I talk to other people? Am I cursing other people? Am I grumbling against other people? Am I speaking evil of other people and slandering other people? Am I judging other people? Of course, what we found in James is not the sense of judging as in saying, oh, I think you're committing sin, but rather if I'm judging, oh, look at how you're dressed. Mm. Look at, oh, you live on that side of town. Oh, look at the color of your skin. Oh, look at the accent you have. If I'm having that kind of partiality about those kinds of things, I become a judge with evil thoughts and evil motives. We talked Mm. about that in chapter one. Those kinds of sins of the tongue. Why do you think teachers have a unique challenge or a special danger in even those kinds of things? I mean, I get it. I understand why we have a danger of teaching error, and we've got to watch that. Why is it, do you think, James is fixated on those more attitude-type things as you describe them? I think those are the hardest to maintain. I think it's kind of easier for me to speak where the scriptures speak. Don't get me wrong. It's, a really, it's still a really big charge to make sure that what I'm saying is biblical, but I think I can at least just as easy, if not harder, lose my attitude, lose mm. my focus, lose what, why am I doing this? And sometimes that comes, I'm teaching um, good doctrine and people are listening to me, people are paying attention to me, and I continue to think, oh, I'm speaking, I'm speaking right things, I'm speaking what the Bible says, but I, I've lost completely why I'm doing it. Mm. And I think that's why maybe, maybe what James is getting at here is, we can really easily lose our focus. It can become a religion of self-promotion, of self-aggrandizement, as you mentioned. 
Or I, I like just that word, myself. by the way. Yes, I can tell. It's a nice <laughs> word. Aggrandizement. Yes. Yes. So if the focus shifts from Jesus mm-hmm. and from serving others mm-hmm. to serving myself, yes. promoting myself, mm-hmm. I've lost focus. Uh, clearly, as James says later in the chapter, what will then happen is disorder and every vile practice. Mm-hmm. The, the, the idea that just because I am teaching absolute truth and sound doctrine, that that's what gets me, is what he's highlighting is I can teach truth and sound doctrine, but if I am doing it, even that from a level of self-promotion and being political within the church, and by political, I don't mean bringing in national politics, I mean having internal politics about who who gets to run the show, who's who is listened to, who is respected, if that's what I am focused on in that kind of competitive mindset, even if the doctrine is right, disorder and every vile practice will end up being there. Mm-hmm. That blows my mind. Yeah, that that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> pretty sure. It's important. <laughs> yeah, it's important. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I know I know that's that that's that preacher mindset of I've studied and I've learned something. It's cool to learn it. The thing <laughs> itself is kind of scary though. Yes. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. One of, one of the things I wanted to acknowledge about the very beginning here is James actually implicitly acknowledges that we will receive greater attention. Mm. If he's we're going to be judged with greater strictness, he is implicitly acknowledging people are going to see what we're doing. Mm. But he doesn't take with that and say, use that power and position authority to get a hearing, to have other people hear you, to promote yourself. Use that to understand the warning and severity of managing your ton, managing your attitude, managing how you're approaching this. Yeah. So we all teach. We're Even if we don't have the role of teacher, we all teach somebody. Even if only mm-hmm. by our example and our influence, we need to understand the importance and our place before God and the judgment that we will face. Take it seriously. Why don't you pray for us about that on our way out today? Mm -hmm. Lord our God, we thank you so much, Lord, that you warn us when we need it, and we so need it in regards to how we speak, especially as teachers, Lord, a few teachers here gathered today. pray that you be with me and Edwin and any other teachers of your word or striving um, with dedication to speak your word, that we will all have the right attitude, that we will be seeking to do good works in the meekness of wisdom to reinforce our speech by how we behave in our daily lives with a view to glorifying you and honoring you, doing good works to glorify our Father, not to build our own self, our own selves up, to um, get a hearing, to have other people see us. We know it's so easy to get caught in this idea that we should be doing things out of a desire to be better than someone else, out of this jealousy or this selfish ambition, but we must keep focus. Help us to have this wisdom from above that our speech would flow from that attitude, from that desire for you, desire to glorify you, not us, but you. Lord, we thank you so much for this warning today. Help us to take heed to it, help us to follow it, and help us to abide in your wisdom. Lord, we pray this in your Son's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. 
Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. I think our on-air sign is dead. Oh, there, uh, there, there it is. There it is. Oh, we're on air.